Ephesians 2.10 and Philippians 2.12-13. So I will take the Ephesians verse first. Ephesians 2.10. I'll start. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Let us now move on to Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Mine is titled, Lights in the World. Lights in the World. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his Good pleasure. Amen. We are so blessed. God has prepared a vessel that we all know. The word of God will come mightily and the vessel that God has prepared is our own campus pastor, Reverend Kinsey. Praise Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for the privilege of bringing your word. Thank you this morning for your presence with us. Thank you that you are faithful, God. Thank you. Thank you for a new season. Thank you for independence of Ghana, which Nkrumah said that is meaningless until it's linked with the total liberation of Africa. So as we commemorate this day, we think of Africa. We think for the rest of the world. And we come, the Lord, you will give us a word in season like this. And whatever is wrong with our nation or in Africa will be corrected with the people you have placed on Africa with a right mindset and with good works. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to bring my brother, Ni. Ni, let's do this. It will be the intro to my sermon for today. Yes. Um. Hello. Hello. Uh, this is Sita. John P. Sita. Wondering what I'm doing here, right? I'm sitting. Yes, just as my name implies. I sit. And where, you may ask, do I sit? Right here. Right here in this church. You know, I've been sitting here for a while. Quite a while, you know. And I had a few people sitting with me. Somehow, they all got involved with the church. And it's been me. Just, just me. Um, but you know, don't worry. Very soon you're going to see me in action. You see, 
the drama director once called me and said I should join the drama. But you see, I'm a shy person, so I turned it down. And then the other time, Auntie Getty said I should come and sing. Singing? Me? No. But she said, anybody and everybody can sing. Then the hospital visitation people. No, 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 no. I can see blood and sick people. And, no, 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 no. And prisons. No, 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 no. You see, but very soon you're going to see me in action. I'm not giving excuses. You know, sometimes it's my work and, and the time where I live. But trust me. Hey! It felt like someone was coming for the seat. As for this one, no way. <sighs> the other time, Chief Usher was bringing somebody onto this seat. I went to him straight and told him in the face, this seat, I'm not compromising it. It's mine. <sighs> you know, I don't want to bore you with a lot of talking. I've been doing some already. But um, I'll see you next week. Very sure to see you. When you come to church, just look out for me. I'll be here. Right here. Just try very hard. And you'll see me. And if you try real hard, you I look like you. You. And you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. So today I'm talking about saved unto good works. For some of us, it's like we're saved to sit. James L. Sita. We have favorite seats in the house of the Lord. And wherever we go, we sit. But today I'm going to call you to action. That sitting is good, but it's not good enough. At least you are sitting. Praise God. So preacher, let's go on. The annual theme is rooted in Christ Jesus this quarter. The last month of March, we are finishing up knowing Jesus intimately. And the question I want to ask, how is it going knowing Jesus in the month of March? Is the intimacy coming? And today, my focus is saved unto good works. Three things. We've seen part of my introduction, but I'm going to provoke you. I want to provoke some people through my introduction. The skit is on point. I know you got the message. But I'm going to talk, what does it mean to be saved? And what are good works? And what kind of response can you have? So that's what I'm going to do today. I'm working hard to avoid all the peace in 2023. Working hard. But can we say the mission of the church together? To exalt God in worship. Grow towards Christian maturity. If you can be on mission daily, you'll be doing good works. Coming to church on Sunday with friends and inviting others is good works. And growing towards Christian maturity by connecting in small group, in your Sunday school group, or belonging to an auxiliary. Remember 2C plus 1. The first C is the celebration, the small C is the cell, and plus one is an auxiliary to which you serve. 
And we ask people, are you TC plus one compliant as a cavalry? It's, it's a way of good works. And reaching out to the world. Your world is your workplace. Your world is your community. Your world is the market where you trade. Your world is the social media where you are active. It's your world. And we are reaching out to the world with the gospel of Jesus. That's our contribution. Can we say the vision together? A vibrant congregation impacting the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So our vision for our future, who we are, is a vibrant congregation. What we do by operation is impacting the world. And how do we do it? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every time I have opportunity, I am working hard so we can own the vision and mission of the church. Until the leadership changes it, this is our vision. This is our mission. We need to be on this. Without it, we are just having church. And church will become a charade. It will become another holy club, just hanging out. But we will not be on God's vision and mission. So my reflection today, three things. Saved to be John Sita. Or saved unto good works. Or some of you are saved and you can't wait to get to heaven. In fact, there was a funny video going around on social media. I couldn't bring it. In fact, it wasn't good enough to show it in church. But the guy pours a drink on a, a rich, expensive drink on some ice cubes. And said, why do people think that there will be something better in heaven? Our life is here on earth. God gives to us. Let's enjoy and forget about heaven. Anybody who says heaven can die and go. In fact, why are the Christians still alive? After they believe in Christ, why don't they commit suicide and go to heaven fast? And when people speak such ignorance, it's my duty as a pastor to bring knowledge. So I'm going to answer some of those things today in my preaching. Can we go on? My introduction looks too brave. But I, I will try and simplify it because I need to tickle the mind of a Baptist. So I'm, I'm going to do a quick thing without Dr. Dura. Are you a Calvinist or Armenian? So there are two popular theological arguments, begins. So sometimes people are confused. Said, Baptist, do you still believe one Savior forever saved? I said, I believe. He says, no, you cannot. Immediately somebody talks like that, he's talking like an Armenian. And it's right. It's, and they are both biblically sound. It didn't start now. But I doubt today the Baptist can even defend the position of a Calvinist. And that's what I'm going to attempt to know because the salvation, it feels like some of us are losing our salvation. And we are Baptists. Maybe you were not saved. So I'm doing tulip. Tulip is a simple kind of a way to make it easy to understand. If you've been to CLI or been to some of basic Bible, you should, and whatever Christian must know, especially as a Baptist. Pastor Brenya, I salute you. Pastor Brenya taught me in Bible school some years ago when I was in my CLI. Yeah, about 15 years ago. And it says, T stands for total depravity. I will, this is my introduction, so I'm not going to do a breakdown here. I'm just going to tease Uncle Max so he can read further. And when he calls me later today to give me feedback, we can discuss further. Tulip. The U stands for unconditional election. That God chose to save me for reasons known to him only. And L stands for the limited atonement. Christ got what he paid for when he died for his people and his people alone. And then the I stands for irresistible grace. When the spirit changes my heart, I will and I must come to God. For he says no one can come to me except my father. Calls him, and whoever comes will never be snatched from my hands. No demon, no witch 
No power from your family or from a sister can snatch you from the hands of Jesus. No, not even death. Amen? No, these things we must understand because there is another theology out there making people feel that our salvation depends on works and how many fasting we do and the seed we sow to a prophet. I came to correct that. It's an error. We are Baptists for Christ's sake. Sometimes when people say, why are we not like this? I say, you don't know who you are. That's why you want to be like somebody. Why they call out people of the book is that we have certain understanding. And our knowledge is based on scripture. And my last one is perseverance of the saints. My faithful God will see me safely to my eternal home. Nothing can pluck me out of this. When we sing those songs and we're excited, there are no power of hell, no scheme of man. It is based on this understanding we have. It's a Calvinist position. If you're a Baptist, you're a Calvinist, even if you didn't know. And I'll leave the Armenians to go and do their research. I'm not going to spend time on it. Go, go on, my 10 minutes already gone. So Armenianism is a theological movement in Protestant Christianity. Arose as a liberal reaction to the Calvinist doctrine of predestination. The movement began later, 17th century. Okay? And asserted that God's sovereignty and human free will are compatible. Very good. I'm not against Armenian, just that I'm a Calvinist. I'm a Baptist. And I know who I am. Hello? So if you want to do more, the, the, the Armenians do the days diminish, depravity, abrogated election, impersonal atonement, sedentary grace, yield up with death. I will leave you to go and read on. Okay? I came to tease your mind. I won't have time. That will be another 30 minutes. But let me talk about, are you saved? Are you saved? Salvation, I think last time I preached, I, I started from somewhere here. It's, it's wholeness. It's restoration. It's redemption. It's shalom. That's salvation. God, out of his glorious riches, paid for our sins by the precious blood of Jesus. I hope that can sink it in. Because we are born out of a culture that almost always suggests that if you don't do something about this, nothing will work. In fact, the culture says that God help only those who help themselves. That is a cultural saying. It's not scripture. Especially if you're a Calvinist. You are totally depraved. In fact, you are dead and a dead man can do nothing for dead people. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Dead in sins. Alright? So we would never have been able to understand the way to eternal life without the coming of Jesus, his death, his barrier and resurrection. Salvation is a means a dead person comes to life. Please, I hope you get this message. It is not a reformation and rehabilitation exercise where bad people become good. That is not salvation. You can get that in the five point reformation and motivation talks. Helping bad people to be good. But the salvation I'm teaching from scripture has to do with dead people coming alive. That must sink it in. Because some of these things, people have asked questions. Me, 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 I don't even go to church, but I feel I'm better than those who go to church. Dead person is better than a living person because you caught me in sin or I did something wrong. No. I'm alive. You are dead. Dead in sins. Your salvation must count for something. Alright, today I don't have my time. Preacher, I'm trying hard. So it was so from the beginning. So I've talked a bit of salvation. I won't belabor the point. And I think everybody here who wants to read further will know that. Your salvation matters. And you know, people think that if Adam did not sing, they will not have to work. Sometimes I say, what part of the Bible did you read? 
They think works came because Adam sinned and because we live in sin. That's why we work. Maybe you are not enjoying your work. Today, I want to help you to understand your calling, different from the job you hate. Those of you who hate Monday morning, I came to you. I came to you because I want you to rediscover the theology of work. Opus Latin. How work was so prepared. God advanced way even before you were born. God had a great imagination. How you can be a great mother. How it means to be a wonderful father. What it means to be a quality quantity surveyor. What it means to be a great designer. Whatever it is, God had preordained far in advance. Work is not a result of a case. Look, God, man was created to work. God's first command to man was to work. Take dominion over the earth. So I see my father work. That's what I work. Work is not a result of a case. To every lazy person sitting in your house after first degree, not looking for a job, thinking work is not good enough. And sometimes blaming you that why didn't you make enough money so he could behave like a trust fund kid. He used to work. Work is not a case. And thank you, mommy, for praying. Tana is not a case. We may have made some terrible stuff, bad leadership decisions, but this nation is not a case. Maybe you haven't traveled. Tana is not a case. We are not a case. We are not. We are not. Man was recreated to serve. God made you to be a contributor, not just a consumer. So those of you who had forgotten, let me remind you, there are two books this year I want to recommend. Purpose Driven Church. And the papers will be like old books. Some of you have soft copies. Just go through them again. There's a part I'm going to quote a lot from this teaching. I think Helen Keller says, service is the rent you pay for the space you occupy on earth. You occupy space. You do things, so you must pay a certain rent. And that's the service you do. You have a specific service you alone were born to deliver. So I'm going to talk about shape briefly. How you've been shaped by God through the things you've been. Good works! So we read a scripture in Ephesians 2, 10. We didn't read the 8 and 9, but let me give you an idea. Say, by grace you've been saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not the result of works. So why am I talking about work and work and work? Is this pastor contradicting himself? <laughs> no, I'm not. So why do we need to work out our salvation when works do not save us? All right. So I'm back to verse 10. God can you project verse 10? All of you, if you don't mind, and you have a Bible on your phone, on this, open to 2 verse 10. There are a few words I want to bring up. And so when I'm doing my research, I'll go and listen to... John Piper is one of my, like, mentors. I love him, but I watch almost all his videos. I went to Wheaton College. I was forced to know. John, John, John Piper went to Wheaton, and I, I love a lot of his teaching. It's free online, YouTube, you can do. One of the truest Calvinists. For we are God's masterpiece. So think about that. God's masterpiece. God's workmanship. God's design. God's greatest work of art. He has created us anew. We're dead. Now alive in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things. He planned. Look. If the society is going bad. Don't be too quick to blame the politicians. But many of them are dead. How do you tell dead people to fix the economy? Hello. I know it's not a pleasant news. 
There are good things God has planned for us long ago. Before Ghana became Ghana, 60, is it 66 years ago, God had already planned things for this nation. And he's been waiting for you, for you, for you, for me, for you to do something about it. But we shy away. Politics is dirty. Business, all business people are crooks. Pastors are fake. So who, you, who are you? You have a problem with every system but yourself. It says that people work in Bank of Ghana, they are all corrupt because they are cutting money for the government. Everybody you have a problem with but you. God, there are people God is giving deep ideas because he planned it even before they were born. And so when God saw how they were, God fully gave it to them. So they might not come as big people, but God is endowed them. That's what we're going to explore. So we can do the good things he planned. So if the government failed to tap into people who have ideas because they don't belong to a political party, we will be in this mess. It's not because God has cursed us. It's because there is a work plan ahead that maybe Mr. Soso and So has been gifted, talented, blessed to do. But unfortunately, the government doesn't see eye to eye with him. So he will make the whole nation suffer. For example, let me just be practical. Maybe Dr. Kosa has an idea of nuclear engineering and how he can help robotics change high schools. But he's not willing to pay bribe. So they won't give him the contract to fix our economy. So we all suffer. Then you go to God and say, oh God, why have you cursed Ghana? Hello? Have you seen how many Ghanaians do well in other economies? But when they come home, nobody wants to give them a chance until they pay bribe. And many of such good people don't want to pay bribe. It's just against their personal value. To pay bribe to serve their own nation. Were we not here a few months? When the World Cup happened last year, we got to know that Mbappe wanted to play for his own nation, Cameroon. And the, the father was asked to pay bribe before he'd be allowed in. French says, we will beg you play for us for free. Now people say Mbappe is not good African. He's for the French. I wish. Sorry, I'm changed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you see why it's, it's a problem to sit? The sitting we are talking about, Mr. James Sita, it's not just about church. Even at the office, people are sitting and watching people. We sit and watch the nation fall. Because really, the people who can help, who is willing to listen to them? But we will not give up on that. So you see, this was a God-prepared, planned good work for us long ago. He knew that there would be certain problems that would need certain understanding skill. People skill to make it happen. So the work you do is not in vain. I want you to know that God wants the world to be healed. God wants us to restore justice. God wants to extend his reign over every sphere. Whatever sphere you are in, it matters to God. And today let me remind the mothers again. Because there are some good mothers who might not bring in direct money. And so sometimes we look down on them. And sometimes they themselves look down on them. Because I'm a housewife. It's part of what God prepared. Can you imagine when you do all the good works out there and your kids will wayward and they become a nuisance to society and contribute to all the problems? Today, I want to celebrate every mother who makes time for their children. Can we clap for them? Every father who makes time, not just pay the bills, makes time for them. Let's celebrate the fathers too. But I think that most time is the mothers that are not celebrated. When it comes to real who contributes to the house. Except on Mother's Day, then we buy some flour, give a phone call, and like it ends it. 
Let me, let me adapt. I'm adapting St. Teresa of Avila. He said, Christ has no body in Ghana. In fact, has no body in your house. But yours. No hands but yours. No feet but yours. Your eyes are the eyes through which Christ's compassion for the world is to look at. Yours are the feet with which is to go about doing good. And yours are the hands which he has to bless us now. Just adapted it a little bit. National Anthem. Those of you who are not Ghanaian, I forgive you. I wouldn't bother you. But I, I want to talk to some Ghanaians for a moment. Okay? Just for a moment. Many of us were taught this in school and we didn't take it serious. But today I want to remind you as we get to independence. There are two words I highlighted. I think there were two lines. I don't know how it's not coming out. But it's here. Fill our heart with true humility. For me, at the 66th or 67th, this is sixth independence. This is my prayer for Ghana. That God will fill all of us, from us to the leaders, our heart with true humility. Because I think this is where many of our leaders have missed it. So when you are humble, you are willing to get feedback. And you are willing to work with anybody for the good of the greater good, the people. But when pride comes in, you feel like you have the men. We have the solid team. And that thing is working. And you don't even have the humility to say, oh, we are sorry. That our solid team has become a liquid waste. Oh, I'm sorry. Today, I don't know where my words are coming out like this way. So, Lord, have mercy and forgive us. Yes, I like that. And make us cherish fearless honesty. Did you follow the Auditor General's report? It's like year by year, it's almost like we are becoming very tolerant with corruption. It's like every, in fact, when I heard what the special prosecutor, for several months, his team have not been paid. I said, this country, we are full of troops. I'm sorry, including myself. It's like, everything, why? You appoint somebody to hold you accountable and you say, I will disempower you. I will not give you the resources so you'll be there. So we know that we did it, but we didn't do anything. Like, seriously? And we, they come to our churches. If you are here, repent. Let's repent. Let's do right. That is good works. Good works. Fill our heart with true humility. This is for me what I'm praying for this anthem. God bless our home. I think God is blessed our homeland, Ghana. He has made our nation great and strong, but some people are making it weak and small. Go to defend forever the cause of freedom and of right. I, I think that we have freedom of the press, but we don't have freedom in our conscience. But I pray, Lord, that you fill our heart as a people. Today, even as we approach independence with true humility, make us cherish fearless honesty. Brutal. If you're honest, you know you will lose your job soon. But this is what we are praying for. We will not give up. So descending your shape for good works. There is this popular thing, I think I read it first in the Warren's book on purpose driven life, looking at saved to serve. And today, I'm adapting it about your shape. What's your shape? All of us have a shape. S-H-A-P-E. And I think you've heard it before. We say the S stands for spiritual gift. If you are born again, God is giving you spiritual Just discover them. Sometimes the issues to which you are worried about, you have spiritual gift in them to discern and to do. But you haven't utilized them. Because you are Mr. James Sita. You're sitting on your gift. And sitting and watching and keeping your seat safe. But that gift in you. 
Thanks to my brother, Afu, gifting St. Collins. That there are young people with gifts that needs to be encouraged to bring those gifts out that they can serve God's purpose. Your heart describes your desire, your hope and interest. We call them passions. And then we have A stands for ability. Natural gift God gives to us at birth. Each one of us have been given natural gift. Just like the nation has been given a lot of gift. Unfortunately, many of us are wasting our natural gift just like we are wasting the natural resources. Unfortunately. We are polluting the water and thinking God is cursed us. You do kalamse in water to get gold and you pollute water you know one day you can't drink gold, no matter how you try. We get talent when we are born, and we have spiritual gifts when we are born again. Your temperament, look, no matter how you are wired, it's a gift God gave to you. You may be melancholy, sanguine. Sometimes we look at the excesses and think one is better than none is bad. Together, God needs those mix. And then the lost one, I love it, experiences experiences. That is what sometimes it hurts because for some of our politics, I thought they had experience in opposition for years. Have you realized that when people are opposition, they are smart and they talk sense? I won't say the rest. Today, I'm not in good mood, but it's Ghana. No, no, they can sometimes I struggle. I listened to some tapes a few years ago, 2014, 2012. I said, ah, what happened, prof? What happened? What happened? And now I'm hearing some opposition people, they are bringing the best of ideas. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And I leave it there. This is what I put to you, sir. The place God calls you to is the place where deep gladness. Alright? And the world's deep hunger meet. All of us. Look, if you walk on the street and you are burdened by the things you see by the street, especially the kids selling or kids uh, 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 begging, you have a passion. It's part of your shape. God wants you to do something about it. It might not be directly taking the kids, but coming up with ideas or supporting NGOs to take those kids out. Anything, look, the place God calls every one of us. It could be in the financial sector. It could be in business. God doesn't call all of us to preach. Please, understand that. That's what I'm talking about, your ship. But when I talk about good works, almost everybody feel that, oh, if I can pray like Pastor Pfizer, or I can preach like Reverend Fred Debbie, then I'm in a good place. No, 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 no. Not all of us were called to that. No, let's stay at what Frederick Richard said. I want us to, to, to think through this quickly as I wrap up. Go back for me. Go back. If you can take a picture of this and meditate on it, I'll be grateful. But you can find that online. Just one of the questions. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. What do you think Ghana lacks right now? And when you wake up, what bothers you more? You might not be able to be a politician. You might not even stand for. But do you know that you can do something about it? Because there is a place where the world is. Or Ghana's hunger is. It will meet you at the place where you are glad to do. You know, many of us can do things without expecting it. Because it fulfills an innermost joy. You want to build houses. Clear the deficit because sometimes you are burdened by many people who don't have access to decent accommodation. You want to build toilets because there are houses you know in this part of the city. People have to wake up and walk at least a kilometer to find a place of convenience. I mean, when you see those things and it moves you, that's the place God is calling you. The details are with what God will tell you and your research and your reading and conversation with others. 
we will fix it. Let, let's wrap up. My time is up. Okay? So God wants you and me to accept, enjoy, and develop and maximize our shape, our spiritual game, our heartfelt passions. Every one of us carry a passion about something. Look, there are some of you who carry passion for the young people or for contemporary service. You carry a passion for something to be done on our green belt. You carry a passion to see the church get better. It's part of what God is wired you. That is how good works happen. Good works will not come to you when you don't feel a passion about it. When you, you don't even feel you are able to do it. Like a man I know in this church, he wants to make sure that our funeral services get better. Somehow, he wish everybody's on insurance. So we don't go a begging and asking when somebody dies. It's almost looks like it's a tassel. It's a passion. It's a good work. God is placed inside you. But you must develop a servant heart. Heart willing to serve. This is an attitude towards good works. See, while your shape reveals your ministry, your servant heart reveals your maturity. I think it was very cool service. Your shape allows you to be able to do ministry. Serve God's purpose everywhere you are, from home to the marketplace. But your servant heart reveals how mature you are. So there are people who are gifted, but they are not servants. But that also will give you a challenge to good work. So while my ministry is a result of the gift of the Spirit, your maturity is a result of the fruit of the Spirit. Ministry may be about charisma, but maturity is about character. And character comes when we are willing to serve and listen and do good works. Let's wrap up here. Your response today as I wrap up is, you are shaped for good works. All the gifts and even those you don't know inside you. All your heartfelt passions and abilities. Your personality. Some of you are loud. Some of you are quiet. None of them is bad. That's how God has wired you. There may be excesses, yes. That's why we have spirit control temperament. If you've not read that book, Tim LaHaye, it's a very good book. Go back and revisit and read some of them. But you've been saved to serve, not to sit and stand. No more James L. Sita or John L. Sita. What's your name again? John L. Sita or James L. Sita or Kofi Mensa Sita or Amamansa Sita. Stop sitting on those gates. It's time for good work. Will you buy your hands with me? Amen. Can you just, wherever you are seated, if you can just bow your head. And the question I just want to ask you this morning is that of all the things that you heard, what did you really hear? And many things were said, but I have discovered that in, in a service, there are many things that are said, but a few things jump at me. What really jumped at you this morning? I know, yes, we'll come to the altar call and all of that. But before we do that, sometimes the problem is not with those who are not saved, but it is with us who are saved, but not living like we are saved. It is said that there are many Christians or many people who go to church in Ghana, but yet it doesn't show in our economy. It doesn't show in our country. It doesn't show in our offices, in our workplaces. But who are the people in those offices and workplaces? It's you and I. This morning, what is it that you would want to say, God, help me with? I'm not asking you to tell God about the things that you have been able to do or you are able to do. But I'm asking you to tell God about the things 
that you are struggling to be able to do at your workplace. That you know that when they come and they say, align with this thing, it is not of God and yet you align. And maybe that's why you want to say, God, can you give me the boldness, fearless honesty, This morning, it's, it's just you taking one minute, just 60 seconds. Or maybe you can even have more. And ask God to help you. Thank you, Lord, that because you live, we can face tomorrow. Because you live, all fear is gone. Because you live, life is worth the living. That's because you, Christ, you live in us and you live through us. Therefore, beloved, as you go, may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide in your heart now and always. Amen. And to your brother, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Thank you. Have a blessed week. Happy Independence Day.